Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Dirt and Sprague on Football Friday on 1080 The Fan. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song he sweeps along, swaggering voicelessly. This is a Football Friday edition of Dirt and Sprague. Brought to you by the ALNA Sportsbook. Watch the games in the region's largest video wall and wager on your team at the ALNA Sportsbook. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague with you. Hour number two here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. We got Alex Gold at 610 Kansas City Sports Radio hopping on at 730 for the Daily Ticker. We'll get his thoughts from KC. And uh, I, what? We haven't fixed the talkback thing. He was trying to tell me something about a band that's coming up on the rotator. I don't have individual talkback. I'm just hoping say it to once me. the. Well, why would you say it in the middle of me coming back? <laughs> this is for for those who don't know, because that sounds awkward. You're listening. You go, hey, what? What is that? What? Why did he say that? This is what I'm doing in the middle of me saying, "Hey, welcome back in hour number two. I get this in my ear. Look at you, sneaky, getting some nickel back in the rotation. <laughs> What? You're welcome. I is thought the you only were on appropriate air. response. I thought your mic was on. I'm like, why are you bringing up Nickelback That's the other right thing. Now. You guys can't tell. No. The mics are so good. It sounds exactly the same when I'm just yes. whispering in your ear as producer or if I'm actually on the air spouting. If I'm not looking at you and I see the light, no light thing, if I'm not looking, I'm looking at like ESPN or something. I don't know if you're on the air or not. I just kind of assume you are on the air. Oh, uh, three more weeks, boys. Three more weeks. Well, what are we counting down weeks now for? That we'll finally get the guts installed. Oh, it's happening in three weeks. Huh? Yeah, President's Weekend. Okay. I thought you were counting down the days till you weren't doing the show for like a week or something. I'm like, oh, what are we counting? No, three down? more weeks, and I'm out of this bitch. I'm not coming back. No, no, no. Uh, we have a lot to get to here in the second hour. We'll get back into Bengals and Chiefs coming up with Alex Gold. And we'll talk about this. We'll talk to Ken Barkley an hour from now at 8 a.m. of You Better You Bet. We'll see what sides and totals he's leaning towards in these games. Uh, so the second hour, I, I, I want to start with the Eagles-Niners game. First of all, actually, let me ask you guys this. Just real quick. What game are you more excited for right now today? Have you been excited for the same game all week? Or has it gone back and forth? Like, what game are you most excited for? Uh, to me, it's it's Chiefs and it's it's Bengals. Really? Um, because I just I, I think the excitement of what is to come between those two teams over the next 10 years is is really cool for the NFL. We kind of had this last week with Cincinnati and Buffalo. Did you first... say the next 10 years? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about two quarterbacks that aren't going anywhere. I mean, this has the potential to be your new Peyton and, and, and Tom Brady. Brady you mm-hmm. know, the, the, the all-time great rivalry. Steve Young and Troy Aikman. This is back-to-back years now. You're playing in the AFC Championship. I think there's a trust factor 
in both of these teams more so than there is in Buffalo because we've seen the Chiefs not only get to Super Bowls but win a Super Bowl. We've seen the Bengals get to a Super Bowl. Now they're back in an AFC title game in back-to-back years. Like I, I'm thrilled of where this is going. I can't wait to watch 20 more of these, hopefully over the next 20 years, because you're talking about the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. I hope Mahomes is healthy enough that that doesn't end up impacting the game and Cincinnati wins because of that ankle injury. But that to me is – I look, I, I'm thrilled for both of these games. I can't wait to watch them both. But if you're asking me which one I'm more excited for, quarterback play till quarterback play still takes the trump card for me. I think I'm more excited for the 49ers-Eagles game. I think styles make fights. I think that one has the potential. There's a lot more football chess, I think, that's going to go on in that game. Uh, I, I think Kansas City and Cincinnati, unfortunately, is going to boil down a lot to what there's more curiosity to see just what Patrick Mahomes is able to do when he starts the game. That feels like the biggest thing for me in that is the ankle. And if he's not able to move and improvise, I, I mean, maybe I'll be wrong. I just I kind of feel like I have a hard time seeing Kansas City win if yeah. he can't move at all. But well, I think yeah. we're going to have more. Uh, I. I between Sirianni and between Shanahan, I think there's the potential for more different stuff than we've seen, whether it's trick plays, whether sure. it's different formations, whether it's utilizing different players. You know, does San Francisco say, oh, we think we can get use check now? Use check's going to be big in the receiving game. Something weird like that. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to, we know what Kansas City and Cincinnati are going to try to do. Can, can the defense stop one another? Yeah, I think the thing on Mahomes' ankle, again, I go back to what I brought up, is because I, I do believe it's a 1A, 1B, and I know that Kansas City doesn't have Baltimore's defense. Baltimore's defense is playing as good as anybody at the end of the year. But they they largely dominated that football game. I mean, if you go back and look at the box, where one, Cincinnati won because of a 98-yard fumble return for a touchdown, which was a very fortunate bounce, but that's what you need sometimes to win it all. Joe Burrow was sacked four times. He threw the ball for barely 200 yards. He averaged six yards an attempt. He looked completely lost in the pass game. They, as a rushing offense, had 18 carries for 50 yards. They averaged barely two yards a carry. Running the football against Baltimore, they only had one run longer than 11 yards. And again, I know that Baltimore's defense was playing as good as anybody. I'm not asking Kansas City's defense to do that. I also think, to a certain extent, we're focusing so much on the injury to Mahomes and we're overreacting to what Cincinnati did to a... Not great Buffalo defense. I mean, that, that defense struggled mightily for chunks of the year. Miami moved the ball pretty consistently against them with Skylar Thompson, a quarterback. Like, I, I, I want to give Kansas City's defense the benefit of the doubt and say, if you're without three of your starting offensive linemen, you should have some sort of advantage on that side of the football. Buffalo couldn't take advantage of it because they had no pass rush and they couldn't stop the run. Can Kansas City find a way to slow down the run game and get after Joe Burrow? Because if they can, there, there is an element of that to me that can neutralize the ankle injury to Patrick Mahomes. So I, I think it's interesting if for these, these four teams, and specifically in Philadelphia, these two teams take like look at common opponents mm -hmm. and look at things to take away, right? I, I think everybody concludes because the Niners were in a dogfight with Dallas a week ago, and the Eagles, to their credit, got the one seed, so they got the the upstart Giants. Who, you know, I was wrong on that, and they took care of them. Like that was an easy game. They might as well have had a second bye. Whereas the Niners are coming off a physical, yeah. you know, emotional kind of rivalry type game and and now they got to go all the way to Philadelphia and and see what they do on the road with a rookie. I just you know what I'm looking forward to in Philadelphia and San Francisco. It's a bit of what you kind of hinted there swag. It does feel like a chess match. 
It feels like two coaching staffs that are damn good. And I, I, I don't think it's controversial to say, I think the two best teams are in the NFC. Mm-hmm. I just think the two best quarterbacks are in the AFC. Yes. And so like, I, I like what San Francisco obviously has been defensively and everything they kind of throw in wrinkle-wise offensively. And the same for Philly. I kind of just want to see, and I think we'll know early, like real early in the game. Because if San Francisco wins a toss, they're kicking the ball. Philly wins a toss, they're kicking the ball. We might get Brock Purdy first possession of the game. (laughs) I want to see what Kyle learned from last weekend against Dallas and what he saw Dallas do to that Philadelphia defense when Minshew was the quarterback. And that's a big difference, Minshew to Hurts. Mm -hmm. But Dallas whooped him. Dallas put a beating on that defense, and Washington ran for 200 yards. You can run the football statistically. Swag tells me this news in my head. It's going to be 50 and clear? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I kind of wonder, do you wish it was a little uglier weather-wise if you're Philly? (laughs) Because you don't want that offense of San Francisco to operate on full gears because they've been in Philly. Their defense has been a little more susceptible I think, against good offenses than San Francisco's defenses against good offenses. It doesn't mean there's not a, a weakness on San Francisco. It's just I've seen teams run on them. I What, what did Dallas score when they played in that Minshew game? 40, 47? 40, uh, I'll pull it up. It was, you know, 42, 38. Yeah, they, or, I mean, it was a high scoring They game. dropped a ton of points on Philly in that game, and some of that is Minshew throwing a pick and – you know, them not taking advantage of opportunities, but it was 40 to 34 was your final. I just want to watch what changes or what does Kyle do with Brock Purdy? Because he seems to be the biggest liability to everybody when we talk about this game. And I think with a coach like that, Mm -hmm. you get a real idea of these are the wrinkles he added in this week, or these are the things he's doing to maybe get Brock to feel more comfortable. Because it took him a while to feel comfortable against Dallas last week. Well, and they, you know, to, to Dan Quinn's credit, who big news on him out of Dallas here in the last 24 hours, but to Dan Quinn's credit, it felt like he had identified what Kyle Shanahan's offense was going to look like on the first series, how he was going to try and ease his quarterback into the game, and they essentially shut everything down. I mean, they bottled up the run game for the vast majority of that game. 20 yards at the half rushing. I mean, they couldn't run the football, and so then you put the ball into your hands, you're a seventh-round rookie quarterback, and that's the one key that we all are going to have for that game. San Francisco needs to run the football if they want to win this weekend and if they want to win the entire thing. But on top of that, he knew that he was going to try and get him some of those early screens, some of those, let's just dump it off to Debo, and it was Micah Parsons shutting plays down in the backfield, like they identified everything perfectly. That was a great game plan yeah. uh, from Dan Quinn. And, and to our point, we brought up all week, Dallas probably wins that game if Dak Prescott doesn't throw two interceptions and largely because of their ability to slow down the run game. That, to me, is is the biggest key because you mentioned it for Philly. Their defense on the year is number two overall in the NFL. They're number one against the pass. They're tied for 16th against the run. Yeah, that's, that's their weakness. That's middle of the road. Right. And the 49ers' strength offensively, we all know, is running the football. Mm-hmm. And so if they, if they can come out and run the football and allow Brock Purdy to A, not face a lot of third and longs, to have time to throw the ball because you're staying balanced offensively, to then work the play action off of that where they're pinning their ears and they're coming down to shut down the run game. He's booting out and hitting George Kittle, throwing some of those deep crossing routes. Like That's when the 49ers offense has those stretches where they look nearly unstoppable. It all comes from the run game for them. And so for Philly, you got to be able to bottle that up. For San Francisco's defense, because they also have a weakness and it's against the pass. They're they're susceptible to giving up big plays. Big wide receivers, like really good, gifted, top wide receivers, 
eat them alive. And what does Philadelphia have? <laughs> Two of them. <laughs> A.J. Brown is as big and physical of a wide receiver yeah. as you'll see. you you got to limit the big plays. Yeah. They did. Seattle exposed them a ton with some big plays down the field. To Dallas, for the 49ers' credit, it was really only that one play. They hit C.D. Lamb deep on that one shot, and that was a big play. It was a great throw from Dak. You you got to limit you know, one or two is okay I guess but you got to control those because if you're allowing Philadelphia vice versa like we were talking about with San Francisco if you allow them chunk plays in the passing game now all of a sudden you're backing up a little bit and then they can start running the football then they become a nightmare to stop so you got to find a way to not let AJ Brown and, and Devonta Smith beat you deep yeah we're on this game coming up Alex Gold at the bottom of the hour in Kansas City we'll get his thoughts of the Chiefs hosting the AFC Championship game for the fifth straight year and uh, trying to finally beat Joe Burrow in the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll get to all that next. Dirt and Sprague on the Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm going to regret asking this question. This is a good song, right? Yes, it is. The slander. Everybody knows the words. We will not stand for the slander. Everybody can sing it exactly like it. We all know Rockstar. We all know it. Good song. (laughs) When are they coming to Portland? Let's go. Show field trip. I forget. The tickets just went on sale. Well, I mean, when I hear this song, I don't listen to this band, but it it pops onto the radio or something. Which is what everybody says that listens to the song secretly. (laughs) (laughs) It's not on none of my playlists. Well, I said this the other day. I got stuck in a conversation. And I was mentioning somebody I knew that knew everything about the royal family. And I go, I don't get people that know this. And then 20 minutes later, I'm like, you know they don't even think Harry's actually the king's dad or son? And they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, there's a big conspiracy. And I'm like, now I sound like I love the royal family. (laughs) (laughs) You're a royal family guy, aren't you? But I hear this song, and you know what I do? I I actually do get a little sad. I think about old family members that, you know what I mean? Like old family art. get-togethers. and It's art, man. Makes you feel. Puts I think it's your, a good song. Puts I think you in I, your plums. It's a good song. Deep in my plums. You're deep down in your bag. Uh, speaking of deep in my plums, everybody's feeling deep in their plums that Jalen Hurts is the better quarterback. 
on Sunday afternoon against Brock Purdy. Well, I know you believe that because you're anti-Brock Purdy. You're you're the king of the Brock Purdy hater club. Uh, I don't like that you label that. I don't like the way you talk about how I talk about Brock Purdy. There's going to be a lot of people tweeting me probably or telling us on Monday. Oh, I can't so wait. He throws a couple of tutties. They win. Oh, yeah. Frank is such a hater, man. So if you're the Miko Ryans, you're <laughs> yeah. over there. You got Greenlaw. You got Fred Warner. Are you spying Hurts? Or are you dropping your boys back in coverage and just uh, thinking they're fast enough to rally if he takes Yeah, off? I mean, th- I think that's the gifted thing about having a Fred Warner is you know <laughs> he can he can defend Dallas Goddard. Mm-hmm. He can pick up uh, Devontae if he's, in the, if he's in the slot before he truly bursts down the field. Like, you have guys that can get into coverage or they can blitz. I don't know if I'm doing the spy thing with Hurts. That's what's interesting to me is we've done a lot of Brock Purdy. Patrick Mahomes on a bad ankle. Mm-hmm. And and look, this guy deserves all the recognition. I don't think he's the MVP. I'm happy he's a finalist, though. Like, that's an important part here. His reputation turnaround of eh, backup quarterback at best to starting caliber might be franchise quarterback. It's great. But the one thing I, I counter with this Philly-San Francisco stuff is... Brock Purdy should worry Niner fan. They should worry betters of the 49ers. I understand it. I like that there's almost no questioning of Jalen Hurts, who, by the way, he's going against this defense. Now, here's the counter to what I just said. Do you know Jalen Hurts' numbers against the best defenses he faced this season? I do not, Brandon Sprague. Seven touchdowns, no picks. That's pretty damn good. Jalen Hurts against good defenses was good. They lost that Dallas game because Minshew was the quarterback. He beat Dallas the first time they played in Philadelphia. Yep. Uh, And so, like, he might be really good on Sunday. But I find it interesting. We're not talking about him, and we're not talking about this team being at this stage in their rebuild with Sirianni. As if it's just no big deal. Oh, they're home. It's a playoff game. San Francisco's been here, man. And if you read some of the comments this week out of San Francisco, Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, mm-hmm. it's a lot of like, yo, we're tired of just getting here. We we want the next thing. It might not play a factor. Brock Purdy throws a pick. Defense gives up too many big plays through the air. I don't know. But it's interesting. We're not talking much about Hurts and do you trust him and what he's going to be like on this stage. The, the interesting thing, I'd, I'd be curious to go pull up those games that you just mentioned against the better defenses that they face this year and look up what their rushing team statistic, uh, statistics were in those games because I think that sets everything up for, for Philadelphia. And You just look at last week. I mean, it was evident immediately on their opening drive of the game where they ran the ball successfully a, cu- a couple of times. Their first pass play was a play in which I believe they hit Devonta Smith on a long crossing route, and he had 17 seconds in the pocket to throw the football. And there was just there was no resistance. And then, okay, here's another handoff for eight yards. They ended up running the ball 44 times for 268 yards and three touchdowns. Now, will they be able to run the ball in San Francisco? To me, that's a huge question in this game. The 49ers have a very stout run defense. Their front seven has been great all season long, as we were pointing to in the last segment, where San Francisco struggles is in the past especially down the field. I think the question about a guy like Jalen Hurts, and I'm not forgetting this because just because he's had a great season, he's unproven in some of these kind of moments. And he's unproven to a certain extent if you have a defense that can bottle up the run game. If you have a defense that can make them one-dimensional, can Jalen Hurts beat you? Like, this is the issue because I, I know they're not the same player. They're different athletically, and we can debate the arms all you want. 
This is the issue that Lamar Jackson gets. Whenever we talk about Lamar, and we've seen it time and time again in the playoffs from, from Lamar, is that teams will find a way to bottle up the run game. It's late in the season. You're physical at the line of scrimmage. Okay, we're not going to let you go off for 200 yards as a team. Can you fit the ball into tight windows on third and nine with Nick Bosa coming after you? Right. If I'm not letting you just play downhill and be ahead of the chains the entire game, can you put together drives essentially on your own? Now, maybe they don't have to do that. Maybe they run the ball efficiently against San Francisco. But if there is a defense left in the playoffs that can make them one-dimensional in this game, it is San Francisco's. And I think that's the million-dollar question for any franchise quarterback, is that if I take away something offensively, can you still find a way to beat me? If your team isn't at their best, can you still find a way to beat me? And I think Jalen Hurts, maybe he has to to answer that question this weekend. Time will tell. But if he does, I, I do think it's a lingering issue for him. So two teams they played this year that ended up having really good defenses I do think when they played them, though, they were kind of different teams. Some Like Pittsburgh, they played Pittsburgh in October. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh in October was not Pittsburgh at the end of the year. They, There's no Watt. Watt was, got hurt in the first game of the year. Yeah, he didn't play they, that game. Watt was not in that game. He had he had four tutties. Sure. How many did they? How many yards did they run the ball football for? That was about a hundred and some yards. They didn't. They blew out Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh okay. was not a good team, as you mentioned. T.J. Watt was not playing in that game. Mm-hmm. Green Bay. Green Bay on November twenty seventh. This was like right before Green Bay. Oh, they kicked the hell out of Green turned Bay. Out. They, well, they only they won forty to thirty three. It was a little closer score wise. Hertz had two touchdowns, no picks in that game, but they ran for three sixty three. Yeah. So I think what your point was is good. That's a good point. If San Francisco neutralizes that rush attack, you're not going to shut it down, but can you no. slow it down? Well, but if 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 Philadelphia runs for less than 125 yards, I think that's a big win for their defense. They right? They ran for 268 last week. Yeah, so like, <laughs> yeah, you're win. taking a substantial yeah. amount of production away, and I think that's the thing. It, it's these are the cliche things that guys like us say, and I know some people roll their eyes at this. I don't always buy into cliche things, but I think some of the things are true, and it's like. We as sports fans are conditioned to need to see you to do it on certain moments and stages. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Hurts has been so damn good. But this is another level. He was in a wild card game a week, a season ago. They got bludgeoned. Okay, what are they going to be? Well, here they are. They're the one seed now. They're hosting a playoff game. A city that knows what it's like to host, you know, to be in five straight NFC championship games, host a few of them, and have a lot of heartbreak. If that run game is neutralized, is Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard, Devonta Smith, and A.J. Brown going to beat you? They very well could. Those are really good players. But I, I wonder how much that changes things for Philadelphia. Because unlike San Francisco where we say run attack, run attack, run attack, Elijah Mitchell, Christian McCaffrey, Trent Williams, Mike McGlinchey, you know, unlike that, we talk about Brock Purdy, it would change the dynamic of your offense if you're not running the ball at all, right? We saw San Francisco had to kind of, once they realized, I think, that they couldn't run it, they were just going to play the low-scoring, our defense is better than your defense game, and that worked for them. Yep. Can Philadelphia do that? And I think that's the thing about San Francisco is if San Francisco starts their first drive, whenever that is, and they're running the ball, and whether they pick up a field goal, a touchdown, or punt, but they pick up a couple first downs and they're moving the ball on the ground, you get a kind of sense for these games pretty quick. Dallas-San Francisco, 
I knew in the first quarter, like not even halfway, ah, the overing hit. In this this is going to be a low-scoring defensive struggle. You can just feel it in some of these yeah. NFL games, and and that's the thing to watch. If San Francisco neutralizes, is Jalen Hurts? Is he now at that level where he's doing the Mahomes, the Allen, the Burrow thing? Three hundred yards. Three touchdowns, no picks. Is that the Jalen Hurts we have this weekend? I think the other thing for these defenses, too, the the offenses are so dynamic and the play callers are so creative that you got to do whatever you can to stay out of second and short and third and short. Because in second and short, you allow these offenses to be aggressive, use play action, take shots down the field, because it's essentially a free play. You have third down to pick up a yard or two, and you just go ahead, take a shot down the field to your stud-wide receivers. That's why Cincinnati won last weekend. A lot of second and short, second second and and three, second and four, second and two. Your life is so much easier. And then for these offenses, particularly in third and short situations, because of the threat of the quarterback to run, this is more so a Philly thing, but Purdy has this to a certain extent. Like they just they run that zone read where it's all right, are you going with Hertz or are you going with, you know, Miles Sanders or Gainwell? And if if Hertz keeps it, are you as an outside linebacker or a corner biting up to try and stop the run and now he's throwing an easy completion? Like third and short gives you your entire playbook to try and do things. And the there's one of the strengths of both these defenses is their ability to get after the quarterback. The 49ers have who is the guy who's going to win the defensive player of the year, led the NFL in sacks. And the Eagles as a team have far more sacks than any other team in the NFL. And so if you can force the offense for both defenses to be in third and six, third and seven, third and eight, you're taking away to a certain extent the the threat of the run game in those spots. And you say, hey, Bosa, go get him. Hey, Philly's defensive line, pick whichever guy you want. Go get after the quarterback because that is a major strength of both defensive lines. But if you're allowing them to live in third and short, second and short, there's no threat. You can't pin your ears back to get off the quarterback. You're playing kind of flat-footed, and you're not sure. they got to run it or they got to throw it. They have every option at their disposal. Uh, Bosa versus Lane Johnson could very well dictate the game as well. With Lane Johnson's injury. Uh, Coming up next, let's get back into Cincinnati and Kansas City. Alex Gold, 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City, joins us. Ken Barkley at the top of the hour. And don't forget, we'll spread the line at 830, so get those sponsors in at 503-250-1080. Daily tickers next. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents The Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Friday. Brought to you in the fan by Pelican Brewing Company. Born at the beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. And let's go to the AFC Championship game. We've hit all the three other cities. Time for final number four in Kansas City. And uh, Alex Gold, our good friend from 610 Sports Radio in KC, host of Cody and Gold and that betting show. And Alex Gold on Twitter. Uh, Alex, good morning to you, man. How many people in Kansas City and have you yourself offered to amputate your ankle and donate it to Mahomes for this weekend? Yeah, there's a long line, right? There's a long line in KC. Good morning, guys. Ankle watch has been in full effect. It'll continue right up until kickoff on Sunday. But you know what? People are, people are optimistic now. There's been some good news throughout the week. I think that's also why we've seen 
some of the betting markets move back towards Kansas City now as a one and a half point favorite is, you know, seeing some video of him out at practice. He's been a full participant. Uh, for two straight practices. You know, Alex, I, I know you do the BetQL stuff, and you got the gambling show over there in KC. You know, you're in Kansas City, but I am curious, just from a gambling angle, you know a guy has a bit of a bum ankle. You got kind of a hot, feisty defense that's had success against this offense. Where where are you at right now, just in terms of that line and the way you kind of see the game playing out? So I've got two tickets out there, because at one point the Chiefs were two-and-a-half-point underdogs. And if you're going to give me – Patrick Mahomes is a two-and-a-half-point dog at home in a playoff game. I'm, I'm going to take that every single time, just almost out of, almost out of principle, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I got a two-and-a-half ticket. And then, like most people, uh, a teaser this week where I did tease Kansas City up and I teased San Francisco up. To, uh, so San Francisco is about an eight-and-a-half and Kansas City about a two-point, uh, or excuse me, an eight-point favorite in, in the teaser. So that's kind of what how I approached it from that part of betting. Now, right now, Seeing him as a one or one one and a half point favorite, as we know, I mean that's essentially a pick'em, right? I mean at this point, I think eighty four out of the last eighty seven NFL games have been decided by more than a point. So if you have either team at plus one or minus one, you know you basically are just picking who you think is going to win that thing outright. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Let's get to uh, what you saw from Cincinnati against Buffalo last weekend, because I think everybody went into that game. You know, I, I love Cincinnati getting five and a half on the road, but in terms of winning the game, you're like, I don't know, man. Three offensive linemen are down. I, they're in Buffalo. It's a tough place to play. I don't know how that's all going to go. I mean, they dominated that football game. Buffalo could not do anything against that offensive line, which to me was still a big head, head scratcher. How do you think Kansas City is poised to try and attack that? Because we focus so much this week on Mahomes and his ankle can he move it's like we're kind of forgetting at the same time that Cincinnati again likely to be without three of their five starting offensive linemen can the Chiefs capitalize on that that's one of the the biggest questions no doubt because you know this is a Cincinnati O-line even last year that was one of the worst in football and yet when they played Kansas City uh, they were able to protect Jill Burrow he got the ball out quickly and Kansas City barely got near him I mean and so much of the conversation this week is also centered around do you believe this Chiefs defense can actually get sacks not just pressure but get sacks. And to me, I don't, I don't think Kansas City can win this game without getting Joe Burrow sacked that, you know, uh, more, certainly not just one time, but I think multiple times in this game, you know, Chris Jones is a guy that had 15 and a half sacks this year for Kansas City, a career high, tied a career high, yet he's never had a playoff sack in his career, which is just wild. I find it hard to believe that they can win without him getting his first playoff sack. And you're just waiting at some point, when is the O-line going to be problematic for Joe Burrow? But they, they've, been able to at least Kansas City find a way to come up with a scheme against this Chiefs front uh, that has protected Joe Burrow. I mean, if you go back to the regular season matchup back in Week 13, where it was, uh, you know, I'll remind people, still only a three-point win. I mean, it's not like either team uh, has been been necessarily dominating or anything. But when you look at the game, uh, this was a offensive line that was able to slow down the pass rush. Kansas City got one sack uh, in that game, but it was essentially a gimme sack. Joe Burrow gave himself up, but. He was just sitting back there carving up the middle of the field, carving up the zone. It was just no problem for Joe Burrow. He did not make a single mistake, and that obviously, uh, if that happens again, the Chiefs will be going home again. Why, why do you think the Bengals have all the success against Kansas City? Well, so a couple things I think it, it applies even for this game, which is uh, they, they are not afraid of Kansas City. They're not afraid of coming to Arrowhead, and I do think there's an edge that you get with that. You know, Some of these other teams maybe still have the mental hurdle of, uh, it's the Chiefs, it's Mahomes, it's Arrowhead and all that. Well, Cincinnati's beat them three straight times, and we know they beat them at Arrowhead in the biggest game you can possibly play other than the Super Bowl at an AFC title game. And they were down 18 to Kansas City. So in terms of 
you know, confidence is a huge part of the, the equation here. I also think just uh, the plain skill, ma- skill playmakers on the outside. Uh, you know, you look at Jamar Chase and you take a look at T. Higgins, and boy, we know all those guys are really number one type of wide receivers. And so for Kansas City, you know, that, that's, that is a challenge still for the secondary that's very young. I think they've improved a little bit since week 13 of this season, in, including Trent McDuffie, the, the rookie corner out, out of Washington, who's, who's really played well for them. And so maybe that changes things a little bit to have uh, him with some more experience at this point of the season after missing you know, six games or so earlier. But it, it's, I think confidence is a huge part of this. We've all seen the talking that's been going on uh, from Cincinnati and yesterday from the Chiefs to a certain extent. Like, I think there's, there's a reason for Cincinnati to be arrogant, if you will, heading into this game because they've been able to, to be kind of the kryptonite to the Chiefs. Yeah, one of the differences that you saw when the two teams played in the regular season was the ability to run the football. Uh, you know, the numbers weren't that drastically different, I guess, at the end of the game, but P. Ryan had a big game against, the, you know, KC in the regular season. You saw it last week where a lot of attention has been given to Burrow and the way that he played, but they ran the ball right down Buffalo's throat. Do you think Kansas City has what it takes defensively to slow down the run? And then we know this is kind of an age-old question. you got to be able to run the football and stop the run. How do you think Kansas City's ready? to maybe help out Mahomes and take some of the pressure off of that ankle and lean on the run game a little bit, a la they did uh, kind of last week against Jacksonville. Sure, yeah. I mean, starting on the defensive side, the linebackers for Kansas City, plain and simple, have to play better. Willie Gay, Nick Bolton uh, absolutely have to have big games. If not, we're, we're going to be sitting here talking about a very similar result, uh, which not only a Cincinnati win, but where the middle of the field, whether it's in the passing game or the running game, is going to be wide open for Cincy. And you're right, Joe Mixon didn't play in that first matchup in the regular season, but it was P. Ryan that they kind of went a buck twenty-five or so, and also they were able to dump dump the ball off in the flat. The tackling was pitiful from Kansas City in that game. You know, we'll see if it pays off. But the last three or four weeks, they've been a much better tackling team. Uh, that that formula for Kansas City defensively, it sounds like the most basic stuff. But you, you're going to have to be able to tackle way better than what they were doing in the Week 13 matchup. And then on the flip side, for for your point about you know, can you help out Mahomes a little bit? For years and years and years, everybody around here, whether it was with Kareem Hunt or whoever the running back was, uh, people would say, well, they got to run the ball more, run the ball more. It's just not going to happen with Andy Reid. Like, it's, it's just not. However, when you've got a lead in the fourth quarter, which, by the way, the Chiefs have had in each of those three meetings, yeah. double digits, and then, of course, a seven-point lead in week 13 before a fumble from Travis Kelsey. That's what people are asking for. Is you're not, Nobody's asking for a 50-50 split, nor should there be. You have Patrick Mahomes. However... Are you willing to run the ball when there's five and a half, six minutes left in the game, and you're willing to be dedicated to the running game a little bit more than normal? With Isaiah Pacheco, who I think uh, we, we've all watched him play. I mean, in terms of running hard and running through people with energy, there, there's probably nobody better right now doing that. Uh, so that has to be part of the equation. Can they finish out a game? They have not been able to finish games against Cincinnati, and that's why since he's 3-0 against them, even if the, the margin of defeat has only been three games in each game. Alex, I, I know you got to get going here, but i got to ask this question. If Cincinnati goes in and Mahomes is you know pretty hobbled and it looks worse during the game than it did in a couple videos this week, and the Bengals win this and go to the Super Bowl, what are Chiefs fans thinking now about the Chiefs, especially as it pertains to the Cincinnati Bengals, who I think if they win, that'd be their fourth straight victory? Right, so I mean, big picture in the AFC, I think Chiefs fans have already looked at and moved kind of past Buffalo in terms of, all right, this is, all right, it's going to be Joe Burrow and Mahomes, it's going to be Cincinnati and Kansas City, that's going to be the, the enemy number one. Uh, you know, Josh Allen, as great as he is, hasn't been able to win the big games. Joe Burrow certainly has. And so I think that's already happened a little bit here in Kansas City. And then in terms of legacy-type discussion, I think 
it will be a very long offseason uh, in, in Kansas City hearing all the national talk shows uh, discussing Joe Burrow, if, if he's better, is he better uh, than Patrick Mahomes, which, by the way, I, look, I think Joe Burrow is the second-best quarterback in football, but I do think it would be ludicrous uh, to talk about it this week or next week if Patrick Mahomes loses to Joe Burrow to suggest that Joe Burrow is better than Patrick Mahomes. I mean, look at the first five years of Mahomes' career. He's had a better five-year start than any quarterback in NFL history. That's something that I think universally everybody agreed to, but now we're, we're suddenly changing that. <laughs> Burrow has to get a ring for you to even remotely uh, start to have that conversation. And Because and, Mahomes is going to have two MVPs uh, no matter what happens this weekend, and he's already got one ring. So to me, Joe Burrow's got to have a ring before we can even have a real conversation about uh, Joe Burrow surpassing Mahomes. Yeah, it should be a, it's a great new rivalry in the AFC. Obviously, last year's AFC title game rematch this year. We cannot wait for it on Sunday. Alex Gold from Sports Radio. Uh, they're in Kansas City, 610 in KC, host to Cody and Gold and that betting show also on the BetQL uh, network. Uh, we appreciate the time, man. Have fun covering that game this weekend. It's going to be an absolute blast, and uh, we always appreciate the time, and hopefully we can do this again soon. Of course, guys. Appreciate it. There you go. Alex Gold from Kansas City. Kansas City. I'm feeling a little... Not from him per se, but the way in which they're talking about that game in Kansas. I feel like they're nervous in Kansas City. I Yeah, you should be. You lose four straight to a guy, and, and I wanted to ask this, but it's such a stupid question that it's more like you and I should answer it, not him. The cooler quarterback is in the stripes. <sighs> yeah, you don't think Kermit the Frog's cool? I mean, I think he's really good. You know what I mean? <laughs> he can move around. He can make throws I've never seen, and Andy puts him in a good spot, but... Is no, it, I think it, Joe Burrow he's is putting cooler. ketchup on a steak. Yeah, Joe that Cole's ain't wearing cool. mink coats and smoking yeah. cigars. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm sorry. Like, Mahomes is cool. Burrow is cooler. Yeah, he also doesn't have a douchey brother to kind of drag him down a little bit. You know, the connotation. Not that with we Mahomes. know about. Not well, that we know of. I don't I'd know say anything this. about the Burrow family. This is a big difference. I'm actually glad you used that as an example because I wasn't going to go there, but since you did. Uh-huh. Mahomes' wife and brother tend to step in it from time to time. That'll happen. And then Mahomes just moves on. I feel like if Burrow had a brother the way that Patrick does, he's dancing on somebody's number that's dead. I feel like Joe just walks over and slaps him across the head (laughs) and then just calmly turns around like, stop. Stop. Stop it. Like, I feel like that's who Joe Burrow is. (laughs) He's just cool, man. He is cool. He's the new Joe Cool. Let's have a couple of thoughts on this game. Uh, And a stat from a listener that's something to keep an eye on for uh, tomorrow that was texted in earlier. That's an interesting point. So we'll get into that. Continue talking about the AFC Championship game uh, next year on The Fan. Our buddy Ken Barkley will hop on coming up top of the hour here talking about gambling angles. What is he like this weekend? I've locked in two of my bets. I don't know what my final spray in the line bet is. Still debating, still deliberating, going back and forth. I've already acknowledged one of those bets. It may end up being a loss, but... I, I have to take the 49ers. Yeah. Are we doing props? Are we doing you can do whatever first the hell you half want. lines? Uh, what we, what, well, KT we're did we're a doing? first half line this year. So, okay. yeah, if you want yeah. a first half line, you know, over-unders, game lines. Yeah. Don't do player props. Okay. I won't. tried to do that one year, and I got made fun of for some reason. Okay. As if you well, can't make do, money I mean, we're down to props. two games. So. <laughs> so not a, yeah. I mean, the other thing, too, is you can also, I mean, I know it's been very football-centric. You can sneak in. Do you like an NBA line yeah. this weekend? You like a college, like Gonzaga's probably going to. He bets on random-ass no, college I, football I all the time. No. Well, You're not actually gambling in. Yeah, you're just giving a recommendation. Just your thoughts on the match? On the line. With points and I believe the line is 15. I think it should be 50. 
You guys lost to Loyola Marymount by 20? Loyola Marymount beat Gonzaga last hey, week. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, but them doing that consecutively, I mean. I Is Gonzaga any good this year? They're good. Are they're they're good? just not yeah. as great yeah. as. They're not. They're not. The juggernaut they've been in past okay. years. They're not their powerhouse selves. They don't have a rim protector, and they don't have a three-point shooter that never misses. Which no. probably means they win the national championship. This finally. is the year His they do least it. Talented yeah. win the championship for him. Um, okay, somebody texting in. Joe Burrow's 1-5 against the Browns. Great quarterback. Ha-ha. <laughs> Okay, I hope that person's a Browns yeah. fan because that's Until the Browns make the playoffs really doesn't matter. That no. is true. That, that is true. Uh, no, this one, we have a P1 who's a, a big Bengals fan. He's been trying to recruit Jason Swigard to his uh, striped fan, you know, fandom. Mm. They'd be my favorite team. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, the helmets I are so cool. I kind of wanted to be my AFC team. I love the helmets. I've always yeah. loved the helmets. Joe Burrow's a cool dude. Uh, since week three, this uh, our Bengals P1 text in, since week three, the uh, Bengals are 8-0 when they score a touchdown on their opening drive of the game. How about that little thing? Uh, it was in an article. They were, they were 6-0, then they scored a touchdown against Baltimore and Buffalo. So now 8-0. So maybe a little he live says, betting. He says, keep an eye on that, that if Cincinnati gets the ball first, say Kansas City wins a toss, you defer, here you go, Joe Burrow. They score a touchdown on their opening drive. They've won eight consecutive games doing that. Look, I, let's take Brady out because we don't know where Brady's at right now. And especially don't ask him the question, otherwise you get the Jim Gray treatment. Effing new podcast. It, that was a weird thing. Why you Jim Gray of all people, too. Jim Gray is pretty plugged in. I, I know. He's got a lot of old relationships, man. When I think of podcasts, I think of entertaining and you know energy and. Oh, you're gonna get that from a Tom Brady podcast. <laughs> Uh, that's, what, that's, that's what I look for in a podcast. But but think of all think of all the quarterbacks in the league. Like seriously, right? And ask yourself: Is there a quarterback you trust more than nine to go into Arrowhead and look as if he doesn't care that eighty thousand people no, are screaming at him? Arrowhead. I mean, seriously, he. No, I yeah. jokingly say the cool stuff, right? Yes. But there is an element of that that's true. And oh, what yes. we saw in Buffalo a week ago, man, the opening drive. Dude looked like he was practicing. There yeah. was no pressure. He wasn't sweating anything. He was stepping up in the pocket. He was dropping dimes. I don't know what's going to happen yeah. or how this game's going to unfold. When he plays unfold. Monopoly, he's the wheelbarrow. But he, yeah, he's just yeah, he is. He's got a calming nature to himself, where he's he's in that spot, and I think he just has a confidence that a lot of guys lack, or it gets to him. And I think back all the way to his college career. I go back to the Texas LSU game. That was a shootout, close game in Austin. Yeah. And he made the throw of throws on one of the final drives to put LSU up. And really, I mean, that whole college season for him, I think this is where it kind of started. It's like, dude, I can definitely do this. I'm I'm the best person here. Yeah, this might sound dumb to some people, but I say a lot of dumb stuff. I'm gonna say it anyways. Uh, because they I know they lost the Super Bowl last year, but they were there was a certain element of house money with Cincinnati getting there. Like, no, but they to go from one of the worst teams in the league to go into the Super Bowl. Nobody expected that. It's kind of similar to where I know San Francisco again has had their issues winning at all, but with the seventh round quarterback, seventh round draft pick, it's like, all right, yeah. Are you really expecting them to win a championship with Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback? So I, I do think there, there was a certain element of that last year with Cincinnati. What's fascinating to me about Burrow, and I'm curious to see how this goes moving forward, is that I use this analogy a lot, but I do think you see it often on the PGA Tour. Like, he doesn't have scar tissue yet. He doesn't have one of those painful losses where he throws a pick late to lose his team the game, where he doesn't play well on the biggest stage. Eventually in his career, it will happen. 
It will. Like, nobody goes through their entire career perfect and playing great in every big game. I mean, Tom Brady does. Well, no, because he's lost three Super Bowls. Two of them to Eli Manning, and which their offense couldn't do anything. He lost a Super Bowl head-to-head to Nick Foles. I know he won seven of them. I get it. But everybody eventually has bad moments. He lost AFC title games. He's played bad in big stages before. That's been his defense. But... <laughs> sure, when they when there was a 17-14 loss to the Giants, that was all his defense, He did right? give them the lead in the final minute yeah. and a half, and then the defense he had seven could points not stop in the first three and a half course. Seven yeah, points well, in the first three and a half quarters. He didn't win him counted. But here's the here's the point I'm trying to make though, yeah. because we were kind of here with with Josh Allen a year or two ago, right? When Josh Allen bursts onto the scene, it's like, oh my God, this is the new thing in the AFC. How's anybody gonna stop it? The more you lose, when you go and you lose, that pressure mounts. And I think Buffalo is now carrying that weight that they realize for three or four years they've been in the playoffs, they've been to an AFC title game, and they fall short. And they they sometimes look tight in these big moments. That will grow with time with Joe Burrow. I mean, if he wins it all this year, then it's a different scenario. But if they don't find a way through Kansas City this weekend or if they lose in the Super Bowl again, like eventually you might get there. I think there is a certain youthful wonderment of him that he just he has no scar tissue yet on the biggest stage. Like PGA Tour players get this when they're young. They don't know what it feels like to blow a three-shot lead on Sunday at a major championship when they're just winning at every level they've ever been at. And then you go through that, and that's a thought in the back of your mind when you get to that moment. And that to me is the, th- the thing about Burrow like even Mahomes did this when Mahomes won his first Super Bowl it was in his second year as a starting quarterback the year previous he had gone to the AFC title game nobody blamed him for losing because they scored damn near 50 on New England in that game and well, they you lost could see it that year he was like, a special player he won the MVP yeah. through 50 touchdowns like dude this is the guy he's the reason they're there they win the Super Bowl the very next year the next year they get back I remember what I said on the air going into that if they win this how many is he gonna win is anybody ever gonna beat this team again they haven't they haven't won a Super Bowl since then they didn't even go last year. They blew an 18-point lead at home in the AFC Championship game. So it's already starting to build there for Mahomes. If Mahomes loses this weekend, oh, yeah. the narrative all offseason is going to be, I mean, do we have a new Aaron Rodgers on our hands? Wins one early, can't win one again. Like I, the, the pressure builds as your career goes on, and that's what I'm fascinated to see with Burrow, not only how that pressure grows, but how he handles it. And, and I think that's you know something Alex said. Uh, if he, you know, he wins, he beats Josh Allen, people have put him at number two. Look, these rankings mean zero. They don't matter. But I'm also not going to sit here and act like people are dumb or insane if they want to take Burrow over Mahomes. I know one stylistically looks more exciting, does it in a way that we've never seen, and he's just the ultimate competitor who is hosting his fifth straight AFC championship game. I understand it, but... If Burrow wins this weekend, man, I mean, that's four straight. He's back in the Super Bowl. I don't know how many they're going to get. They might each have one. We don't know. You said 10 years earlier. You're probably right. Great quarterbacks tend to I have that I mean, they'll be run. in the playoffs every year. But sure. How many will they win? We don't know. But the NFL is weird that way. And I don't know what the longevity of it is. But right now in the moment, like, I... You can't fault anybody if they're sitting there going, I, I think Burrow is the best quarterback. I do agree with Alex's point, though. And he has to, in order for me to even entertain the notion, you got to win a Super Bowl. I don't know. I That's tough. To be the best quarter, consider the best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, wasn't John Elway the best quarterback in the NFL? And then, like, he didn't win two until the very end. I, I, I just think winning championships is really damn hard, it's man. Incredibly and and, and tough, I, yeah. I'm not, quarterbacks mean an awful lot to it. You know, if you told me Burrow or Mahomes wins it this year because it, on the other side it's, you know, a Hurts who's good but not quite their level or a Brock Purdy, like, I'm not batting an eye at that. But if you also told me they lose to Brock Purdy, 
I'm not batting an eye at that. That's that's maybe the best team in football, San Francisco, or the best team in football in Philadelphia. It's it's not always just that one. That one position is awfully important. It's just I don't know. I don't I don't conclude those kinds of things based on that. That and that's my basketball point. This whole like ring counting thing. It's stupid. It's it's team oriented stuff. You need the superstar, but mm-hmm. you also need the team behind you. Patrick Mahomes didn't lose the Super Bowl to the Bucks because he's not great, no. because he wasn't good enough. He lost because his offensive line wasn't healthy. And sometimes that's what happens in these things. And so the conclusion of like who's the best based on what, I mean, Super Bowls are hard to win. Patrick Mahomes has one. I I was with you. I would have thought he'd had two or three at this point, but he doesn't. And the NFL can kind of humble you that way. Yeah, I still I, I'm riding with Mahomes still, uh, but I I see the larger point. Burrow is incredible, and when you pick, I hate doing that because then it makes it sound like you're degrading one or the yeah. other. Like I'm telling, I'm saying it's also kind of dumb. Like, Burrow's I just not enjoy any both good. of like, them. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't need to pick one. I'm just saying like if both people play the game. I don't fault them if they're like, yo, I, I kind of like Burrow more. It, it does have the feeling of maybe a new Manning and Brady kind of thing going in the AFC, although future will, you know, we'll find out as we go. We said that a year ago about Allen and Mahomes. We did, and now everybody wants and now everybody wants to fire Sean McDermott a year <laughs> later. It's crazy how quickly things can change. we got a lot to get to in the final hour, uh, including some more on these two games. We're, we're just excited, man. This is the most excited I've been uh, for AFC, NFC title games in a minute. It, four great games, four, or two great games, four great teams. Without a doubt. And, and one point on that I wanted to bring up, because you don't always get this, and you said something similar to it uh, earlier this week, so I want to highlight that. We will spray the line coming up at 8.30, so get your fake sponsors in 503-250-1080. And our buddy Ken Barkley, who usually joins us on Thursdays, will join us coming up here in about three minutes from now. We'll get his gambling takes, what he's feeling for this weekend, what he likes, and all that. We'll start the final hour with Ken Barkley next. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.